This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Hallelujah. Yes, glory to God. Well, everybody say it together. This is the day the Lord has made. So I will rejoice, and I'm going to be glad in it. Amen. Glory to God. You know, there are a lot of choices in life. We have choices. You know that, don't you? Hallelujah. I like one thing. Scott Webb, you know, he preached a message entitled, Choose to be Happy. You can actually choose to be happy. Why is that important? Well, you know, the Bible tells us, well, God himself actually, through Moses, said, I have placed before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you and your seed may live. How many of you know we have a choice? And praise God for that choice. God has made us free moral agents to do as we please, really. I mean, you know, you just have to decide, uh, you know, (laughs) what dog you're going to let lead you. You know what I'm saying? That probably wasn't a good example. But anyway, listen, let's just move on. We want to welcome everyone that's watching uh, by Internet uh, this morning. Delighted you can be with us here today. Hope you have a Bible there and something that you can Follow along with us, praise God, and receive nourishment from the Bible. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, let's open our Bibles this morning again to Mark chapter 4. Mark, the fourth chapter. By now, probably your Bible will open of its own right there because we've been talking about this subject of being at peace in the midst of a storm. And the storms of life, of course, they come to all of us, but thank God. Uh, we're not alone. Aren't you glad for that this morning? You know, if there are things that come uh, our way that uh, we didn't expect. Uh, they come our way that are beyond our control, you know. And um, I remember one time I was, we were raising our kids. How many of you know raising kids can be a fun job? Yeah, we were raising our kids. And uh, our middle son, Greg, well, he was just a handful, Okay. Good way to put it. And he had done something. I don't remember what it was, but I was so ticked at him. Now, I know most of you parents have never experienced that before. You just don't, you don't do that. But, um, you know, um, what was interesting about that is, is in my anger, you know, in that moment, God spoke to me. And let me tell you, in those moments, you don't want God talking to you. Actually, you do, but you don't. And uh, this is what he said to me. He says, you know why you're mad? You know why you're angry? And I just, you know. And uh, I said, no, Lord, why? He says, because you can't do anything about it. But I can. You know, so then I had to repent. How many of you know you need to repent sometimes? And... um, and he did do something about it. I don't know what, you know, the whole outcome of that specific uh, incident was. But, um, you know, there are things in our lives, especially amongst our children and things of that nature, that there are times when uh, it's out of our control, okay? Especially as they grow older, they become and reach an age of an accountability. They start making choices and decisions of their own. And uh, sometimes we feel so um, guilty for the choices that they have made. 
Now, thank God for all the good choices they make, right? But there are times in everyone's life, even our own, when we don't, we don't make the best decisions. And those decisions have consequence. And, um, but I think as parents, you know, the Bible tells us to train up our children in the way that they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. So we do our best. Praise God. And uh, uh, hopefully, you know, a lot, of, a lot of folks, I mean, they didn't even know Jesus until their kids were maybe practically raised and gone, you know, and so it becomes a whole nother thing. But for those of us who have the Word of God, we have the privilege of being instructed, and um, He shows us the way. He's the way maker. Now, of course, we have to obey Him and <clears throat> do as He says, so on and so forth, but when we do, then his blessing rests upon our lives. I remember one time being at a conference. Um, uh, Pastor Jack Hayford was hosting out in California, and we were there, and, and um, he was talking about his own family. I think I've shared this before, but there are 50-some members in Jack's immediate family, and there were two of them that weren't living for God. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, if you got that kind of average, things are going pretty good, wouldn't you think? But Jack's driving down the 405, and he's thinking about these two. And he's just asking the Lord, Lord, you know, what, what can we do? What, what didn't I do? What can be done, you know, to um, turn these two family members around? Um, <clears throat> how many of you know there's no, nobody that you love more than your own? Huh? And, um, you know, he was just disheartened by their um, lifestyles and different things that were involved in all of that. And, uh, you know, and so he kind of, um, I guess you would say through introspection or however you want to put it, you know, he just said, what, what did I do wrong? You know, and um, again, I would like to suggest, and these were not his immediate family members. These were like maybe nephews or nieces or who knows. I mean, they were down the road a ways. And so the Lord asked him, he says, well, um, Jack had asked the Lord, where did I go wrong? That was his question. And, and the Lord asked him, he says, well, where did I go wrong with Adam? You know, he told him what it is that needed to be done, and, you know, the, the course for life and the course for death, and he, he made a bad choice. And then the Lord asked him, he says, uh, he said, um, um, I'm going to get this in the right order. What's the next one, honey? No. Who was it? Uh, sorry. I can't remember the second one. I'll just tell you the last one. He said, he said, so where did I go wrong with Adam? And, you know, of course, no answer for that. But he, there was one more thing that he asked about, where did I go wrong with something that, he was, that God had to deal with? And then finally he said, where did I go wrong with Lucifer? You know. So I, the reason I share that, and obviously I feel that this has some relevance to a parent perhaps that's here today, is, is that, you know, you do what you can do, and you pray and you believe God for your kids, that it may be well with them and that they might live long on the earth. But they have decisions they have to make. And it certainly is to be regretted sometimes, you know. 
uh, because of consequences and things. And you know, what's unfortunate about the dynamic that I'm sharing with you here right now is, is that a lot of times, somehow or another, people will want to blame God. Somehow that, you know, he was not there, or he didn't help, or he didn't intervene, or whatever the case might be. But it still comes back to the fact that each of us have decisions that we have to make. Amen. And if we make good decisions, and we choose to be a follower of him, and that we don't allow the world that is around us to squeeze us into its mold, hallelujah, not to be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. You know that Jesus' life is a wonderful, 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 wonderful life. Knowing him is absolutely wonderful, not in a religious way, in a real, genuine, relational kind of way, to know him to love him, and to be loved by him. It's, it's beautiful. And he's made it possible for you and I to be able to have that. And I tell you what, there's nothing is better. Glory to God. So, you know, anyway, that's, that's sermon number one. And uh, that's the appetizer. And so let's get to the entree. And let's talk about that. I just want to encourage you parents, you know, um, all of us, it doesn't make any difference who you are, everyone has to deal with challenges, or we could call them storms, but thank God we're not in those situations alone. You know, sometimes your kids will come home with all different kinds of thinking that they've picked up. God only knows where. They can become very rebellious because there are rebellious spirits that target your kids. That's why, praise God, the Bible tells us to resist the devil, take authority over him. You know, you just tell the devil he can't have them. Are you listening to me? And, and because here's the thing, whether you believe it or not, the Bible makes it clear that we are in a battle, a spiritual battle. When Paul was writing there in the church, uh, to the church there in Ephesus, he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you can stand against the wiles of the devil or the devil's schemes. Huh? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high and heavenly places. You're witnessing, you're witnessing it right now. You know, we talk about, you know, people and, you know, having, you know, have they lost their minds? Well, there is a sense in which that is true. They have given themselves over to the domination and the control of evil spirits. I mean, you know, people say, well, you can't even make this stuff up. Well, that's true, but they have help. Are you listening to me? And so, you know, all you can do is pray for them, and sometimes that's the last thing we want to do. We'd rather shoot them, okay? Now, I'm just being honest, and you, the rest of you can figure that out later, but, you know, isn't that right? But, you know, the Bible says we should pray for them. In our natural mind and in our flesh, it's the last thing we want to do. But I tell you, my friends, they need prayer. Amen. Because they are so lost. But thank God for the ones who know and for the ones that are enlightened, those who walk in the light. 
The Bible says if we'll walk in the light as he's in the light, then we'll have fellowship with one another. Glory to God. And the blood, thank God for the blood, will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that right? So we have a, you know, as much as we live in the world, we're not of the world. As much as we see, you know, you think about this, and I'll get to my message in a minute, you know. And it's kind of like the guy who says, it's my bat, it's my ball, we're going to play the way I want to play. Okay, you know. But, uh, you know, when you think about it, 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 it is a, um, grievous to hear and see so many of the things that are going on in people's lives and paths and things, you know, as far as their ideologies and whatever. And it, it, but it's no different now, you guys, than it was like when, when Abraham and Lot um, went down, he and his nephew went down, you know, <clears throat> into that area, which they were on their way to the land that God was going to give them. And they ended up, you know, um, encumbering the land because of their possessions, their cattle and everything that they had. They, it was unsustainable for the two of them to stay together. And so, you know, their servants were arguing about pastures and this and that and the other. And Abraham finally just said, you know what, this is, there's no need for us to have this strife among us. He says, listen, you make a decision. If you want to go this way, I'll go this way. If you want to go that way, I'll go that way, you know. So he gave Lot a choice, and he looked down through this valley, you know, where Sodom and Gomorrah was and all of the opportunity that seemed to be there, and he took that. So Abraham went another direction. Well, the Bible tells us, Peter was writing, that, that Lot, his soul was vexed daily by being in that environment with those ungodly people. And we see the same thing happening today. And it is grievous. That's why God gave the world, the church, to be salt and to be light, to live in such a way so as to proclaim, you know, by and through the way we live. It's not so much preaching, you know, it's, it's the way we live. No, we're, our choice is not to live this way. Now, if you want to do that, that's fine. That's up to you. But no, we're not doing this because the Bible says that in him is life and the life is the light of men. All right? Well, you know the rest of the story before it was over with. By the grace of God, Lot and his family got snatched out of that mess and God burned the place to the ground. Now, so there, there's, a re, there's a recompense or a reckoning, if you want to call it, that is coming. But thank God you're, you're not going to experience. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah, you can be glad for that. But if any way, if in any way that you can reach someone to get them to turn and to repent and walk away, then I encourage you to do it. Hallelujah. Because they need the love that is in you to be shown to them that they don't have to be bound. You, know, you don't realize it, but they're bound. They're slaves to what it is that's going on in their lives. And they think, you know, that they're the ones that are in control. They're not. And so, anyway, wow, this is kind of different on the way to start. Praise the Lord. Did you all find Mark chapter 4? <laughs> my, my text has nothing to do with what I've been talking about. But I guess what I'm saying to you is relevant. You know, I'd rather have something to say to you that, that, that fits you, uh, that fits us, 
you know, and, and how we uh, navigate, you know, um, it's, it's easy to condemn you guys. It's easy. But you got to remember that for the most part, most of us were there once too. That's right, you know. So before we go to picking up a whole bunch of rocks, we might want to think that through a little bit. Amen. Amen. All right, praise God. All right, why don't we pray, and then I'll share with you some things I want to, that I had in mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, we love you so much. And for this portion of the service, we're, we're grateful for your blessing, Father. And as we look into the perfect law of liberty, and the freedom that it gives us. We wanna thank you for speaking to our hearts about our personal lives and what it is that you want us to know here today. I ask you, Father, to use my tongue as the pen of a ready writer. Speak into the lives of these, your people, Father God, and I just wanna thank you for your grace and blessing in all of our lives, in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. In Mark chapter four and verse 35, and the same day when the evening had come, Jesus said to his disciples, let us pass over to the other side. And when he had sent away the multitude, he took, or they took Jesus even as he was in the ship. And there were also uh, with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose, and he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And then he said to his disciples, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and they said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? As I mentioned earlier, we've been talking about, you know, being at peace in the midst of the storm. I mentioned to you that the storms of life come to all of us because we live in a fallen world. You know, God's original intent was not for all of this nonsense to be going on. But because of Adam's transgression, we find ourselves where we are, where the God of this world, who is Satan, is unleashing hell's fury against whether you realize it or not, you are the object of God's affection. He loves you. He created you. You were, without question, his finest creation. And God cares about all of humanity, so hell goes after the thing that God loves the most. But thank God, <laughs> the devil is a defeated foe in Christ Jesus. You know, he, Jesus destroyed the works of the enemy, he set the captives free in Jesus' name. And many of you have experienced that freedom that only he can provide, being, having been delivered. Glory to God. You know, I've been reading um, after the pen of Joyce Meyer in her book entitled uh, The Battlefield of the Mind. And you know, Joyce, um, uh, her life was messed up. She was abused as a child and misused, and I mean uh, a lot. So much so that in most cases, people like that don't ever recover. But my, what God has done in that woman's life. Here she is, the head of a multi-million dollar ministry, 
hundreds of millions of dollars annually that are flowing through that ministry to reach the world with the gospel. That doesn't just happen. But I tell you what, Jesus can do amazing things if people are willing to follow him. Can you say amen? So as believers, we have to exercise our rights and resist the devil's onslaught against us in the name of Jesus. We have to recognize the enemy's schemes and tactics. Now listen, and believe what God has said or promised about the situation we find ourselves in. And we're always going to find different things. You know, the Bible says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. See, a lot of folk, they don't have peace and they don't have joy because they don't believe. Are you with me? I mean, you know, this isn't rocket science. You know, the, when, when uh, Jehoshaphat told uh, uh, the inhabitants of Jerusalem and Judah, he said, believe in the Lord your God and you will prosper. Believe also his prophets and you'll be established. But if you don't believe the Bible, then not much can be done. And so that's an unfortunate thing, but thank God we're not of those that draw back under destruction, but rather those that believe. Everybody say, I believe. Yeah, to the saving of the soul. So again, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Did you know that Jesus faced a few storms? Huh? I mean, you know, we, we, we use this example here in the scriptures, you know, in the natural of a physical storm when they find themselves on the Sea of Galilee. Thank God he spoke to that thing and it, it quieted down. You say, can you do that? I think when you're on, God, on a mission from heaven, you can do a lot of things if you'll just believe him. Amen? You know, think about the storm of opposition by sinful men when he told them the truth. He came as a gift to mankind, and all he did was tell them the truth, and they hated him for it. They actually killed him, murdered him. You know, I tell you what, sin has a really, really ugly side to it. And so he faced the storms of opposition, the storms of sickness that came to him. You think about all of the people. You know, there's a place in the Bible where it says when the evening came, they brought everybody that was sick and he had to deal with it. Now, of course, he wasn't dealing with it in his own strength, but I'm just saying, you know, when, when you have all of this coming to you as a human being and having to deal with it, you know, that's a little bit to have to handle. We read in that scripture when he had got done with a day's worth of ministry that they took him even as he was. So what does that mean? It means he was exhausted because what happened? As soon as they got started, dude, he passed out in the back of the ship and went to sleep. So he had all the, you know, he's still, you know, people say, well, he's the son of God, he can do whatever. He was a man, you know, came into this earthbound existence to redeem mankind, and he dealt with stuff, lots of it. And so sickness and disease was what, uh, part of it. You know, the storm of having to stand alone in an evil and adulterous generation full of unbelief. I'm not... <laughs> You know, you see different places like with the centurion, you know, Jesus, I mean, he, he about had a, you know, a, a, a party. He said, wow, 
I've never seen such kind of faith like that. Where have you been? Because there wasn't much of it anyplace else. And he wasn't even a Jewish person. He was a proselyte uh, to, the, to the Jewish religion. You know, I've, n- I've never, I haven't seen such great faith except right here. You know, there's another place where he talked about in Luke chapter 18 that men ought always to pray and not to lose heart and faint and give up. Don't you ever give up. Praise God, if you start giving up, I'm going to come after you. Are you listening to me? You know, don't you ever give up. The parable was that men ought always to pray and not to lose heart, faint, and give up. But then after he had got done talking about the justice of God and God avenging his elect, don't you ever think for one moment that God's not going to avenge his elect? Because he's doing it. Are you listening to me? You just don't know it. We just got done reading or singing about it. When you don't feel it and you don't see it, he's always working. Huh? But you know, at the end of that, you know, he said, and shall not God, you know, avenge his own elect? I say that he will do it speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on this earth? And I tell you what, I'm, I'm standing in a sanctuary of people that I believe, praise God, when he shows up, he's going to find faith. Amen. Amen? Yeah. So it's important for us, you know, as, as believers uh, to believe the word of God. And he dealt with these kinds of things. And as I said, standing alone so very often, the storm of deficiency and lack that attempted to, a choke, uh, attempted to choke the efforts of his reaching his generation. You know, he was out preaching to them for three or four days. Finally, he realized they needed something to eat. So God performed a miracle on two different occasions. Hallelujah. What's that mean to you and me? I don't care what's going on in your life. God will take care of you if you'll believe him. If he's got to do him, you know, uh, pull a fast one, he can do that. Why? Because he's God. You know, but if we whine and we complain and we gripe, you know, and we, we act like the, the children of Israel that got taken out of Egypt, guess what? The results that they got, you're going to get. You say, well, that ain't right. I mean, after all, I thought God loved all of us. He does. But there's an expectation, folks, that he has that we believe him. Amen. They entered not in because of unbelief. Right. Everybody say, I believe. Yeah, praise God. Amen. That's a good thing. So in all of it, Jesus was at total peace. And here's the thing, you guys. He wants the same for you. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to be challenged. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have to, you know, stand your ground, that you're not going to have to continue to confess and declare what it is that God has said until you get yourself through the thing. But I tell you what, that's what brings honor and glory to God. When you say, I ain't giving up, and I'm not going to disbelieve. I'm going to believe in the Lord my God. He said that I would prosper and be established, even though in the midst of this thing, I don't necessarily understand what it is that's going on. All I know is, is he said that every good gift and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He never changes. And so I'm going to believe him. I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to obey him. And I'm going to walk in the light of the word of God. I don't care if no one else decides to do the same. 
Now, there's a little effort that has to be put into that. But you know, Jesus walked in absolute total peace here. Listen, because, number one, he was acquainted with his father. From the age of 12, that boy was, was seeking God, getting acquainted. He said, why, why are you so stirred up? Don't you know I need to be about my father's business? He was ever conscious of his father, so he was acquainted with him, and he believed everything that his father said. He says, as I hear, I speak. The works that I do, I do because he has told me to do them. So he had a relationship with God just as you and I can have the same. And one of the primary reasons for Jesus' coming is so that every believer would know, really know, listen, the Father. I mean, if there's any one thing that I could tell you as a child of God that would help you, I would say get to know him. Because there's religion has said all kinds of things about God that are not true. They're just religious. They're not life-giving. They don't give life. They don't offer life. They don't help people. But I tell you what, praise God, when you come to know him as he is, See, the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God, for he that comes to God must believe that he is or that he exists. Well, how does he exist? Who is he? We can know. And see, that's another thing about religion. They'll say, oh, you know, God, you know, he's sovereign and mysterious and all this stuff. Well, he may be all of those things, but thank God we got a book. And we can know. Now, it's going to take some effort on your part. That's one of the things that I think as we move forward here that I'm really going to start challenging our church to do, and that is to be a discipler. Who are you reproducing yourself in? Man, eh, nobody. Yeah, I'm just living the life. Well, I tell you what, God wants you to be a discipler. You know, he's been challenging me about that. It's like, who are you discipling? Who are you reproducing yourself in? Who are you mentoring? Who are you helping? Who are you guiding? Who are you hold, helping to hold accountable? We all need to be doing that. You know, and I'm not talking about just within the context of the church. I mean, let's find some people. Let's get some fresh meat. Hallelujah. Let's get some people saved and let's bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Oh, no, 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 no. I can't do that. Sure you can. If you have a relationship, a working relationship with God, there's things that you know that most people don't have a clue about. But we need to have that, you know, within the context of our lives because God wants us to know. And here's what happens. When you get to know God, it generates faith. Okay? But people are so mixed up about God's nature. And they're so mixed up about his character and who he is. Because mainly, I think, religion, you know, you get, if you take just, you know, religion, and then you take a whole bunch of other religions, and then you take, you know, man's ideas and secularism, and you mix all this stuff up, <laughs> throw it all in a bag, shake it up real good, pour it out, guess what? You got a mess. <clears throat> That's why he gave us his word. Stick with the word. Listen to the word. Say what the word says, not what men say. 
Because I tell you what, a lot of stuff that we hear today is it's, it's set out of convenience to them. And so it's important. Praise God. But, but, but knowing God will generate faith. You know, Jesus had this relationship with him. He wasn't, he wasn't anxious. He wasn't, you know, disturbed. You know, when they came and told him that Lazarus was about to die, he said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Hallelujah. This sickness in this specific, well, how did he know that? Because his father told him. And he went and raised him from the dead. So the way we become acquainted, of course, with him is through the word. He is everything that the Word says that He is. I want to share a few verses of Scripture with you, and you could just maybe jot the Scripture reference down if you like. But I want to talk to you a a little bit, uh, uh, just briefly, about the integrity of God's Word. See, if, if you have to decide as a believer that God's Word is the final authority, not all these other things, but His Word and settle that within your heart. Now, you know, I mentioned to you about becoming disciples. My whole life is what it is today is because somebody loved me enough to take time and help me get my thinking straightened out because I was a mess. And this one couple, an older couple, you know, they basically took a whole herd of us young people under their, under their roof and, and just discipled us, loved us, you know, when we come up with all these goofed, goofed up ideas, they just kind of smiled, nod, and kept loving us and helping us and, and got us through, kept us going. When people were going off the rails, they'd go out there and say, oh, no, right here. This is where we're going to be, right here. Hallelujah. And I thank God for that, you know, because they, they taught us. And that's one thing about, you know, Christians, a lot of Christians today, that I'm sorry, but, but they don't do much study of the Bible. They come on a Sunday morning, you know, or whatever, and I'm not, I'm not pounding anybody. I'm just saying that if you want your life to change, it takes more than that. You know, if we go, um, I was, um, we, there was a movie, I think, I, I don't know if it was Joan or somebody um, had this movie on, and the musical score of the beginning of this movie was so beautiful. You know, I don't know what they're doing now. A lot of the stuff and junk, you know, that you, you start listening to, there ain't no, there's no beauty to it at all. But some of the musical, you know, uh, lines or scores of these movies, they're, they're beautiful. They're brilliant. They're, they're, they're so full of, of, of uh, wonderful things. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and, and the thing is, is that that doesn't just happen. There are people that are devoted to the development of those things. You know, you take a concert pianist. You know, sometimes, you know, you'll see some, you know, they'll show you a picture of a piano and it's being played and you can't really figure out what's going on until they move the camera shot. And there's this 10-year-old kid. Just, you know. Well, guess what? That didn't just happen. Huh? You think about the devotion that they have put in their skill, their craft, their whatever, gifting, whatever you want to call it, you know, and the amount of hours that they have pounded away on those keys in order to be able to do what it is that they do. Well, when it comes to the Word of God, the same thing is true. The Bible says, attend 
to my word. Incline your ears unto my sayings. Keep them in the midst of your heart because their life to those that find them and their health to all their flesh. So, you know, you can go through life passively or you can say, you know what, I want some changes to be made here. I'll, I'll refer to um, Joyce uh, Meyer again. I mean, this woman was a wreck. And um, <clears throat> actually, <laughs> in her book, this is what she said. Most people don't delve into the Word of God very deeply. The truth is that most of them really don't put much effort into their, uh, uh, of their own into the study of the Word of God. They don't. Well, I'm going to come to church and, you know, whatever. Thank God you're here. I, I appreciate that. But I want to encourage you to become a student for yourself. You know, there are a lot of good books. You know, a lot of times you can, you know, uh, well, I'm reading this book of hers right now, you know. And um, so what I do is I, I think about her, her line of thinking. I think about the scriptures that she has used and things. And how does that apply to my life, you know? And how do I get a hold of, you know, being better with my thoughts, you know, and, and all of these different kinds of things, you know? We all need to become lifelong learners, can you say amen? And it'll show up. It'll show up in your life because it'll bring about transformational change as the Spirit of the Lord speaks to you. So the integrity of God's Word. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, this is Isaiah 55, 10, and 11, as the, as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not thither but waters the earth and brings it, uh, causes it to bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, listen, so shall my word be. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper in the place where, look, where I send it. Now get a hold of this because it's important. The method in which God changes people's lives is that he sends his word to them. When you hear the gospel, people hear the gospel. When people were listening to Billy Graham, you know, thousands of people on television, maybe millions, are, are, are listening to him. What's taking place? God is sending his gospel message to those people. That's what he does. And then what he does is that he fulfills his word in people's lives wherever it produces faith. Now, you know, a lot of folk, they, they've listened to Billy Graham, but they ain't interested in Billy Graham. But there are a lot of folk that have been in hotel rooms and God only knows where listen to Billy Graham and get saved. Are you with me? Because God sends his word. People, you know, so often, you know, they'll just say, well, I wish that God would do something here. He's doing it. We just don't know it. Okay? Another verse of Scripture, he said, My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone from my lips. When God says, I'll supply all your needs, he will supply all your needs. You know, when, it, when he says that it's my desire above all things that you would prosper and be in health, that is exactly the will of God for your life irregardless or irrespective of people's experience. 
Don't, don't confuse people's experience with the will of God. Are you with me? There's another verse of Scripture. You know, immediately, I, I hear it right now. People say, yeah, but if that's the case, then how come? And that human reasoning right there is what ends up throwing people off the horse. And then they just say, well, you know, I don't, I don't think I believe that. Well, okay, it's good. I will not violate my covenant nor alter the word that went forth from my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness. Isn't that cool? He said to them uh, in another scripture in Jeremiah 1.12, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Now look at this scripture. This is in Hebrews chapter 1. Matter of fact, why don't you turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 12, I'm sorry. Turn to it in your own Bible's error on your device, and let's, let's look at this together. <laughs> you trying to shut me off there, Tyler? You said I had nothing to do with it, right? Yeah, okay. He's going, not me. God, who at sundry times and in different manners spake in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom he made the worlds, who be in the brightness of his glory, the expressed image of his person, and upholding all things, listen, by the word of his power, or the power of his word. God is upholding everything by the power of his word. Everything is going to come out exactly as he said. You with me? You know, you see the degradation of the world and all these things, you know. Well, he said all these things would come to pass, but he said when you see it start coming, lift up your heads. I said lift up your heads. Why? Because your redemption's coming. Hallelujah. It's drawing near so you can rejoice. Hallelujah. So anyway, then he goes on here and says, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty. You know, in, in Jesus' prayer in John 17, 14, he said, when, when Jesus was praying for his disciples, he said, I have given them your word. That's what he gave them. That's what he gives you and me. He gives us his word. And he asks us to believe him. Hallelujah. He said, I have given them thy word. Now, notice he didn't say, I have fixed everything that's wrong in their life. Huh? Did say that. You know? <laughs> I don't know if you realize this or not, but some of the problems you have, you caused. Yikes. That's okay. We all do it. Huh? So you're not alone. But I think the first... The first the first thing to fix in it is admitting that that's, that's really true. Well, it ain't my fault. <laughs> okay, whatever, you know. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <clears throat> Another scripture, Psalm 147, verse 15. He sends forth his commandment upon the earth. His word runs very swiftly. And then I mentioned this earlier, Psalm 107, 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Glory to God. So God's method to help anyone in need is to send his word or his promise and bring about a fulfillment of that wherever it produces faith. Think about the woman with the issue of blood. When she heard of Jesus, 
She came in the press behind, and she was healed of her plague. Think about the leper. He said, if you will, you can make me clean. How did he, how did he come? Because he had heard of what Jesus, he said, if you will, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus said, I will be thou cleansed. So if you're concerned about the will of God when it comes to health and well-being, read that scripture. It's in Matthew chapter 8. Leper. The centurion said, my servant lies sick of the palsy. And Jesus said, I'm going to have to think about this for a minute. I don't know. No, he said, I will come and heal him. And the centurion said, well, you know, I'm really not worthy that you should even come under my word, my roof. If you'll just say the word, my servant will be made whole. Because I'm a, he understood authority. He said, I'm a man under authority, and I tell people to go, and they go, and I, I do the same. He said, you just speak the word. And that's when Jesus said, I've never seen faith like this. He said, go your way. And he was healed that selfsame hour. Glory to God. Well, my point to saying all of this, again, is the simple fact that he sends his word. That's his method to do so. And unfortunately, the word doesn't always produce faith in everywhere that it is sent. And I mentioned to you, you know, when he went to his own hometown, they, they, their human reasoning, you guys, it, it can be a real enemy. Now, you don't throw it out. If you don't use your brain, then that's not good. But when it comes to the things of God, sometimes, you know, you, you can't allow human reasoning to defeat you. Because when Jesus went to his own hometown, the Bible says, well, this is exactly what they said. Well, dude, this is the carpenter's son. And all of his brothers and sisters are here with us? How many sisters and brothers step? <laughs> sisters and brothers did he have? Like five or six brothers and a couple girls? I don't remember now. I can go back and look. But anyway. And so they, they're reasoning. Like a man, he can't, there can't be anything to him. I mean, his whole family's here. And the Bible says that he could there do no mighty work, save he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. In other words, what, what God wanted to do and what ended up happening were two different things. So he just went on and preached somewhere else. Amen. So hallelujah. Invite him to your house and he'll show up. Hallelujah. Let's try to bring this to a close. If you'll turn with me, let's look at one more verse of Scripture here in John chapter 16 and we'll button it up. Hallelujah. John chapter 16, we use this scripture here, oh, actually some weeks ago, but it's so good. Everybody say it together again, I believe the Bible. Everybody say, I believe Jesus. Everybody say, I believe what he said to me. So I'm going to take it and make it mine. You're going to make it yours. This is what he said to you. These things, chapter 30, or chapter 33, chapter 16, verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me, listen, these things I have what? Spoken. spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world, there's going to be tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So there is a walk of faith to what it is that you and I do. Are you with me? 
You know, you're dealing with an invisible God that has spoken to you his will, his plan, his purposes for you, and you now have the responsibility to choose whether to believe it or not. You know, you think about Moses. This is my last example, but think about Moses. I say that, but, you know, who knows what will happen. But anyway, you guys just have to forgive me. Glory to God. But think about Moses. You know, this stuff comes up. I want to give it to you, you know. And since you drove, how, how far did you drive? How many of you drove 30 minutes to get here? Well, then by all means, look at all that. I, can, I might as well make, make it worth your while. Amen? Amen. So anyway, Moses. When he was come to years, the Bible says, by faith, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather, everybody say choosing choosing rather to suffer the afflictions of God's people than to have the riches of Egypt. You with me? This guy's making some decisions, isn't he? You know, guess what? We, need, we have to make the same ones. People chase money all their lives, live and die and never know God. Never know him. Wind up in hell because they thought money was the key to happiness. Well, it's not. Now, you need money. Last time I checked, my wife just went and bought some Bing cherries, 15 bucks. <laughs> you know, for this like little thing, she says, enjoy each one of them. <laughs> you know? So yes, we gotta have money, but if that's your ambition, then you're gonna be in a world of hurt. Um, I want to read the rest of this here uh, about um, Moses. Esteeming the reproaches of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for or because he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Now listen to this. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Now listen to this. This is my point. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. I have a question for you. How do you see him who is invisible? You do it by faith. And how do you see him? You see him in that book. He's everything that book says he is. Glory to God. Everybody say it together, I've got faith. See, God's given you a measure of faith, and it can, it can grow, and it can develop. It can, can become strong. And you're going to need strong faith in these last days. And thank God you can have it. I said you can have it. You can believe what it is that he said, and he'll take care of you. Even if Bing cherries are 15 bucks a pound or whatever that was. Not a pound. Oh. There wasn't many there. I had some of them this morning. You with me? He endured as seeing him who is invisible. Are you in a storm? Are you in a battle? Are you dealing with some problems? Listen, God hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't left you. He will see you through. Drive a stake in the ground and just say, you know what? Praise God, we're not moving. Amen. Don't quit. Don't faint. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Don't say it's not true. I'm telling you, if it's in the book, in the Word of God, it is true. Praise God. And He wants you to have it. He wants you to enjoy it. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. Let's everybody stand and let's bow our heads together. Praise God.
Hallelujah. Father, we love you so very much. We're so grateful for what it is that you've done in our lives, Father. You sent Jesus. He gave his life as a ransom for every one of us. Thank you, Lord. So as we come before you today, Father God, we just pause to give consideration to and perhaps reshape our thinking and our belief, Father God, here today, that there is nothing too difficult for you and that there is a grace that rests within the kingdom of heaven that can provide for our every need. Father, I pray for those that are here within the sound of my voice and even those that may be watching by internet. And God, my prayer is, is that if they've never come to know you, never made a decision for Christ, that Father God, today would be a new day, a day of decision, a defining moment where they say yes to the will of God. And I wanna thank you, Father, for speaking to men and women's hearts about the condition of their lives and what it is they believe. And God, I ask you to minister to them and draw them to you. And I wanna thank you for it. Now, while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, please, no one's looking around. If you're here in the congregation, or maybe perhaps, as I said, watching by internet, and you've never asked Christ to come into your heart, be the Lord of your life, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation and now is the accepted time. You may be a person who has thought just like I did, I know I need to, but I don't know if I want to now. Well, all I can say, friend, is, is the opportunity for life is in front of you and you do not know what tomorrow will bring. So while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around, if you happen to be here this morning, you say, by your uplifted hand, Pastor, I have an interest in your prayer. Would you pray for me? Can I see your hand wherever you might be? Thank you, ma'am. Anybody else? You know, if you're not a believer, God wants to give you an opportunity to become his child. Anybody else? Before we pray. Those of you that are watching, perhaps you have never made the decision. You can pray this prayer that we're about to pray. And if you'll believe what it is that comes out of your mouth from your heart, God will come and make you a new creation. So congregation, we're going to pray a prayer together for the person that raised their hand here. We're going to help them, hallelujah, invite Jesus into their heart to be the Lord of their life. Pray this prayer with me. Say this, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today without any reservation. And I ask you to forgive me. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I make you my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Now, those of you that by internet, if you prayed that prayer, we would love to hear from you. We've got some materials that we'd like to put place in your hands and help you get started in your walk with God. And one of the things I would encourage you to do is that when you have an opportunity to talk to someone that, that you trust, you know, a safe place, tell them that you prayed this prayer. Because the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So I trust that you'll do that. You can call us or you can go to myfc.info uh, uh, and there's a place where you can contact us there as well. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you.